So welcome to the Camp IFC podcast. Uh, this week, as hopefully many of you know, is the Valentine's Day, and we're celebrating not just relationships, um, but the love for oneself, the love for friendships and family. Um, but uh, on this particular podcast, I have both friends, family, um, and relationships that I get to speak with that I've generated over the years. So I'm super excited about this one, uh, closest to my heart. Um, <laughs> they almost need no introduction, because <laughs> if you're listening to Get By C, um, but part of that is, is that many people know Joel and Lauren. Um, this is really an opportunity, you know, to, to see them in different light, you know, to see them as the human beings that I know them as, as the coworkers and the friends and the family. Um, so what I always like to start with is the easy, warm you up, start in simplicity and in complexity. And uh, Joel, uh, you know, apologies, but ladies, we, we still go first. I'm from the old age, uh, you know, uh, venue. So Lauren, camp, like how, like what was the, the spark, the impetus behind coming to IHC? So um, I was 19 and in university and um, I had actually been dating someone for a long time. Um, the whole time that I had been at university, I met him you know, very early on in Freshers Week. And, um, you know, things were rocky and not going well. And we decided to part company and he was going to go travel. And I thought, oh, well, what can I do? Oh, I know. I've heard about summer camp. Maybe I'll go do that. Because I kind of felt like he never thought I would do it. So I was like going to show him that actually, you know, life is going to move on without you. So I applied really, really late to sleepaway camp. I um, always wanted to work with kids. Actually, before deciding that I was going to study as a clinical psychologist, I always thought I would be a teacher. I was raised by two teachers. My mom was a principal and my dad um, was a senior teacher. Um, so growing up, that was a big part of my life. And I thought that that's what I would be. I always loved working with kids. So um, not only did I want to upset my ex-boyfriend, um, I really thought um, having that experience of working with young people would be super, you know, fun and, and definitely help me grow. So I applied really late to IHC. Um, actually, um, Staff orientation that year in 2001 um, started, I think, on June 16th. I submitted my application late and got a call on June 14th and was asked if I would be able to get over there the next day and be a tennis instructor. And I said, absolutely, packed my bags. And, um, you know, my parents were really excited for me. So was my um, sister, my big sister. And um, when I was leaving the house, my mom was so sad that I was going to be gone for three months. And my dad had to run me to the airport because she couldn't come because she was crying so much. And the last thing she said to me was, and don't go meeting an American boy and not coming home. Um, little did she know that on true daughter form, I took exactly what she said and did exactly the opposite. But there is a unique story in between, which we'll get to. Um, but I guess that's the long winded way of sharing with you how I ended up at um, Camp IHC all these years ago. So I love that, you know, your motivation, again, is almost like extrinsic, but deep down, there's that intrinsic of I know I want to work with kids and this opportunity has presented itself and you jumped on it. It was like you took the risk and we're thankful for that, you know, for sure, as the story yeah. will come out. Um, for yeah, those of you who can't I see this, it's, I was just going to say, just Joel, the podcast here is he's smiling the whole time. Right. Number one, I didn't know that Lauren dated before me. So this is news to me, people. And secondly, Lauren, did you even know there were kids at camp or were you just going in, in spite of your ex-boyfriend? Well, I heard it was a co-ed camp, so I decided it, it was for me. I love it. Yeah. Uh, so, Joel, uh, your turn for what got you to camp, you know, in case people don't know that story. Well, I would love to have this epic revenge story, but when I was in college, I couldn't get dates. So it, it wasn't that for sure. Um, actually, quite the opposite. What's interesting is we I started when I was 19. Lauren started when she was 19. And uh, I was a, a last uh, or a late hire as well. And uh, I actually, you know, I had plans for the summer of 95 that um, fell through, meaning I, the job I was going to have, I was terminated before I even took it. 
Um, so my summer opened up and I had this opportunity to say, hey, what, what can I do? What, what should I do? And my brother had worked at uh, Indian Head Camp at the time, now Camp IHC, and uh, said, man, you should come and, and teach basketball. And basketball has always been a passion of mine. So I said, man, that'd be awesome. Camp would love having me there. Of course I should go coach basketball, right? So I thought to myself, hey, I could spend the summer ultimately on the courts and, and, uh, and playing basketball and teaching basketball. And, and, uh, and that's, how I, uh, that's how my journey began at, at IHC. I'd like to say that it was um, this great sort of, I'm going to change the world and I'm going to do it one camp at a time. But at that point when I was 19, I was just happy to say, you know what, I'm going to spend my, my summer on the courts playing basketball and, um, and meeting lots of people. Gotcha. Uh, and again, I think that motivation we hear a lot when we talk to our staffs is there's an opportunity to work with kids. There's an opportunity to build relationships. And, and I don't sell it, but I just tell it, you know, and you saying that is you're coming to play ball, work with kids, um, meet people. And, and in those uh, opportunities and those experiences, there's something. Um, and I think that's what this relationship podcast I'm trying to find or share or give you found each other in such a unique way. Um, you know, Joel, I've known you for an extended, you know, longer than, than anyone, you know, as we date ourselves here. Um, you know, and Lauren now coming up a decade, you know, plus that story, uh, there's, there's an energy about it. There's, uh, you know, so what are you comfortable? I mean, it, it, does Lauren go first? Does Joel, you know, how do you, I mean, share a bit of that because I think the world should know just how magical IEC is and the relationship that formed from that. So, so I'm surprised, Mark, to, to hear you ask who's going to go first. Um, <laughs> you're, you're married to an Australian. I'm married to a, a Scottish woman. We know that we will wait our turn. So <laughs> I'll, I'll happily wait. <laughs> well, I'll tell the story about um, when I got to camp because Joel and my story actually started before we even set eyes on each other. And that doesn't mean that we stalked each other on Instagram or, you know, messes each other online because that didn't exist. I yeah. always joke with our current staff group um, that we actually had to have game, you know, back in the day because you had to meet each other in person. That was the first time that you saw each other. And then you actually had to have a conversation that wasn't typed out by a laptop or a computer. Um, you also looked how you looked. You know, you didn't have this flawless Instagram page that made you look like you belong, I don't know, in Vogue magazine. You just looked like you looked. And that's how we all got to know each other, which was a blessing, right? Because we didn't have to pretend to be something we weren't or perform. But I want to tell you, so all of my friends that are really close to me and, and, and my family know that I, I'm a little bit witchy, not meaning that I'm mean or, yeah. um, you know, bad tempered, but I'm a little witchy in that I have these senses beyond the five senses. I get these feelings, I guess an instinct, a sixth sense. And um, it, it's guided me like over my life that I just, I feel it when I meet people, I feel it when I'm in situations or um, even take COVID. You know, you guys know that in the very early days, I had this really strong sense of where we were headed, even at the time when everybody else in the industry thought that I was completely nuts. Um, anyway, so I arrive at camp. I actually, because I arrived so late, a lot of the staff were already there. Um, I was in the last group of people to get to camp and we arrived at night. So we went straight to our bunk and, um, you know, then came for breakfast the next morning. And I was so disorientated because I was jet lagged. I was 19 and, um, you know, I was far from home. But this really um, sweet girl who was on the welcome committee, um, her name was Kira, um, and she was super sweet. She was a cabin specialist and she was our tour guide and she gave us a tour of camp. Um, 
and we're walking around. And of course, I'm obsessed with how the camp looks. I mean, IHC, I'm sure everyone agrees, is just beautiful by nature. Like that lake in the middle of the campus, like awesome. the shape awesome. of it, the, the size of it, the wooded field, the bunk line, like that is unique. We are so blessed to have that. So I'm so enamored with like how camp looks and I'm just feeling like I really feel like I'm home, like I'm so you know, I'm just so happy and grateful that I've landed at this place. Anyway, we get to the bottom of the MD Hill. And for those of you who don't know what that is, that's the path that you take, the road that you take to go up to Hill Camp, right outside of Bunk 2122 across from Bunk 15. And um, and Kira stops us and she says, so that's us looked at the whole of Lake Camp. And now we're going to go up to what we call Hill Camp. Um, and Hill Camp is where the 8th and 9th, 10th and 11th, because at that point there's no village. So Tri West yeah. and CIT are up there too. And she says, and we're going to meet Joel. And Joel is the Hill Camp head counselor. Um, Joel's been at camp for, you know, a lot of years um, and he's awesome. And we're so excited because we think that Joel is going to be the next person to have met, you know, their partner, their life partner at camp, because he's been dating this girl, Andrea, who was a group leader for like three years. And we think that maybe they're going to get married. And I wasn't even paying attention because that was me when I was 19. I was so distracted. Like for any of you who know Oakley, like Oakley is me. Um, but I remember hearing Joel is going to marry Andrea. And I turned around and in my head, it, it hit me like a bolt of lightning. My inner voice said, Joel isn't going to marry Andrea because Joel's going to marry you. And I had never met Joel. I'd never heard of Joel since like up until that moment. We hadn't seen each other online. Like I say, there was none of that. Something spoke to me. It was my inner voice. And honestly, like the strike of a bolt of lightning, it said, Joel is not going to marry Andrea because Joel's going to marry me. And that's the start of our story. Wow. Wow. And, and then I would have to say, as you probably met Joel and we're like, wait, what? <laughs> uh, so, so Joel, in that moment, so, so Lawrence Jella, you were around that first summer, um, you know, because the relationship, you know, to, to kind of not jump ahead, but it, it's ended up happening much later. So what was it about that first summer? Cause you did connect, you did have some, acknowledgement and you know you know but never officially a relationship in that first year other you know so what was your side of that well i mean it, it's clear to me now after listening to lawrence he put a spell on me that back in <laughs> 2001 that i wasn't aware of but uh no i think that actually you know lauren's story speaks to the to the power of relationships that camp offers right and you know, that summer that uh, that Laura and I spent at, at camp, um, I know, don't even know if I would say together, if we were in the same place right. and we knew of each other and, and, and we had um, limited conversations. I mean, Lauren calls them, I was reprimanding her, but we had maybe four <laughs> or five conversations, you know, that, uh, that summer. Um, you know, as Lauren mentioned, I was dating someone, she actually was dating someone else. So um well wait 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 just wait i i had a camp boyfriend i wasn't dating someone coming to camp because i was coming to camp for revenge correct. My, inner, my inner my inner voice told me that i was going to marry <laughs> you but of course right. i didn't want to break up your relationship so i found myself a camp boyfriend right, and Al right. alex Tennyson and i had a really nice summer so alex <laughs> if you ever hear this podcast oh one was awesome there you go there you go so um and now I've lost my train of thought because that's Lauren putting this, putting the spell the back spell, on. The spell back, don't break the spell. So, so yeah, so it, ironically, I think what, you know, and, and I'll coin the phrase, I'll borrow the phrase that Lauren, you know, kind of coined that, you know, camp, the camp experience kind of haunts you. And what that haunting is, it depends on your particular sort of experience, right? That's where the individualism in camp sort of comes and meaning that it sticks with you, the, the this experience, because it's so relational in every aspect of what you do. And that's what sort of blew me away in 95 is uh, as I, when I came to camp and I first set, set foot on the ground, as Lauren said, 
beautifully. It's an amazing uh, place and it, it has a, a really good energy about it. You do feel at home. And, but the power of it is the people and, and the place and ultimately the time spent with people through shared experiences and, and common bonds and, and, and you know, the, um, the bonds that you build and, and take with you. So Lauren and I in 2001, it was almost as if that was the summer for the seed to be planted, right? Like that opportunity of all the camps in the world that I could have worked at and she could have worked at, we ended up, fate had us, brought us, you know, um, destiny, divine intervention, whatever your belief is, brought us to the, you know, the same place, same coordinates in 2001. You know, so I think that really is the beginning of our story. There's so much that, you know, in the lead up to it, but ultimately we were placed at camp together in 2001. So yeah, our story, you know, begins there. Um, so you was, both, like within that, that beginning story though, you then both professionally went like two different ways, right? Like from that seed planning. Before we yeah. go there, I just want, Joel, can you tell the story though? Like just so the listeners understand, like I was on late camp, you were on hill camp, you were 27, I was 19 you know, that clearly there was a chemistry between us, sure. but our lives were so separate, yeah. right? Uh, is that uh, I was intimidated by you, like you were obviously at a different point in your career. Like I say, like you were in a relationship, we kind of lived our own lives at camp with this kind of attraction that was never spoken about or right. acted upon. But there was one moment in camp that um, Joel and I still talk about to this day. And it's a like it's a personal story, but we'd love like it's not a secret. Like we'd love to share it with the listeners um, because I think it was like a profound moment in both of our lives that when you look back over your lives and moments that talk to you that at the time you don't fully understand, but then come back and make sense later on. And it's the Joel, the story of the waiter trail. Yeah. So no good point. I think there was, you know, chemistry, a mutual attraction that was just never discuss but i think both of us knew that there was you know feelings there right like this energy and this sort of excitement when we saw each other so as lauren's describing it doesn't exist today anymore because of the, the the changes of the of the facility but there used to be what the there was a little trail behind the dining room that led up to sort of hill camp and like the most random sort of afternoon i happened to be walking up from, I think, the dining room from a, you know, a meeting in the office, and, and Lauren happened to be walking down, and we happened to run right smack into each other, not like physically, but we're just there as only the two of us on this sort of trail together, and, you know, we stop and, and, and have this sort of, you know, moment, if you will, right, with just the two of us, and, like, I think, well, I'll speak for myself, like, it was like, I was so happy to be there, and, like, kind of, like, almost, like, yeah. Uh, dumbfounded in terms of what a loss for words, right? Because yeah. I knew in terms of, and you could almost feel the connection. And I hope Lauren would agree with that. But you could like feel the connection, but the timing wasn't there either. Meaning that you know, yes, there's something there. And then that moment, though, then we sort of went on our way. But it was I'm always reminded of that sort of moment in time. We were on that trail. We came together head to head, and without words, sort of saying it, you could feel it, right? And then the day carried on. Um, but that always has stuck with us. So I don't know if Lauren, you agree with this through that. Yeah, no, it was, if you were, if it was a movie, it would be one of those moments that are just so beyond awkward, but <laughs> there's so something behind it and neither right. of us knew what to say. And we just kind of looked at each other and remember, like we hadn't really spoken, like, you know, there was no getting to know each other and fr like our lives were like separate at camp so it was just kind of like meeting at this like quietest spot on camp and you know camp like it's not quiet like yeah. nobody's there like timing was perfect and then it was like we had nothing to say and we just looked at each other but we were kind of like smiling kind of like and then it was like okay have a really good day okay have a good day right. bye and it was just like it wasn't until like a couple of years later that we fully appreciated, you know, that the universe was working really hard, you know, to, to, to get us to eventually be together. And I, I think what you both said there too, is in, my brain goes to like, all oh, these rom-coms or these movies. And they're like, you're, you're rooting. You don't want to root for them because they have partners or they're dating someone, but then you're like, wait, these are the ones that should be together. 
and the the place you talk about for those who don't know it it's it's wooded it's quiet it's it is that scenic trail that you're just like is this the moment but it wasn't right and so then fast forwarding joel you took a, a path lauren you took a path how did you get you know like when did the stars realign and are there some moments that you're comfortable sharing or embarrassing things you know that you you're kind of like we just you know, Joel was this or Lauren was this, and it just started to reconnect and the stars aligned. Like, how so, did you get where you are today? So I'll start, like, I'll I'll start and then, you know, Joel can kind of take over because there's a piece again that, you know, happens. So I'm back in Scotland. A year has gone past. Um, Shelly reaches out to me and asks me if I'm going to come back to camp. And I say that I can't come back to camp. And um, I'm at, in... Um, my university library and um, it's right after the summer and um, I haven't gone back to camp so it's been a whole year and I'm sitting there at my computer and Joel's email address pops up in my inbox he sent me an email I don't think I even know what his last name was because at camp your last name is your job so like I was Lauren Tennis and he was Joel head counselor so it says Joel Rutkowski I don't think I could even pronounce it and I'm like Joel Rutkowski I'm like I only know one Joel and I'm like this is so bizarre so I open the email and um it's joel and he's like hi like you know we missed you at camp i'm like oh my god joel right <laughs> emailing me and he's like um you know you should come to camp next summer and i was just dumbfounded like i was just like what so i get up from my computer because i'm like again like feeling all of these like crazy things and i go to the bathroom and i come back and there is a guy sitting in my university, like in the west coast of Scotland, right? Not many people went to sleepaway camp at that time from Scotland or Ireland. Like I was the only, like one of two Scottish people on camp, right? In 2001. So no, it's like in my university was a massive university. So I come back and there's a guy sitting at a couple of computers away from me with an Indian head camp t-shirt on. And I was like, no way. What? So I go right up to him because I, you know, this yeah. was my hometown. Like it's I'm a family, like, it's a family I, too, right. right? And I was like, I'm like, wait, I'm like, excuse me. I'm sorry to interrupt, but were you at camp IHC like this summer? And he was like, yes. And I was like, okay. I'm like, I was there last summer. And I, what was your job? You know, trying to be all like, you know, cool and collected. Yeah. I'm like, do you know Joel, head counselor? And he's like, yeah, Joel. Aha, uh -huh. I was on late camp. But yeah, I know Joel. And I'm like, does he date a girl called Andrea? And he's like, no, Joel is single. I was like, got it. Okay, good to know. <laughs> anyway, I hope you love camp. Like, went back to like, but it was the most bizarre thing. And this is the story of Joel in my life. Like, so many things have aligned. So yeah. I go back to my computer and I email Joel back, right? And then, Joel, do you want to? talk about the I love you tour yes yeah, yeah. So, talk about Alan Semmel first. yeah so, so basically right Mark so how did how did we get from like 2001 to married with four kids two dogs whatever so, um what did Joel have to do to impress so, you I think that's what the world wants to know so is what the, what embarrassing moments well you know, how did you win Lauren over <laughs> so 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 at the summer of 2001 like we that was although there was sort of this attraction in this thing there it was kind of just Camp had ended, and and, and and Lauren went traveling, and you know, um, I was you know working you know postseason at at, uh, at camp and stuff. So that was sort of life, just sort of continued, right? And there wasn't um, you know sort of intentionality or thought in terms of us, you know, even probably hadn't ever seen each other again. I don't think it was a conscious thought that we had. And then that fall, after the summer of 2001, um, when I mentioned Lauren traveled. Well, when she before she was leaving um to go back to scotland she came back to new york and stayed um with a buddy of mine uh guy alan Semo, who's been with that camp uh, for a long long time a legend and if uh you know you mentioned um you know i'd see alan is one of those people that at this point would be synonymous synonymous he'd, he'd been there for 35 years and so a lot of people knew him so a lot of people would just go through new york and stay with him you know very sort of you know friendly 
um, nice guy and was always welcoming to people who worked at camp. So Lauren and a friend of hers stayed there, right? And one of their nights in their conversations, um, they were talking and, you know, Alan's a very sort of like a nosy guy, right? So he's like talking to Lauren and, you know, and, um, you know, sort of saying, oh, yeah, I know you were, you know, uh, Alex Tennis this summer. Are you guys going to continue dating or whatever? And he's like, you know, and, you know, did you did you have your eye on anybody else? Or And, and I'm kind of paraphrasing because I wasn't there, right? But ultimately, Lauren's like, oh, I had, uh, uh, you know, Alan's words. I won't say they were Lauren's, but, oh, I had the, the hots for Joel. I thought he was, um, you know, good looking or whatever, right? You know, so, of course, you know, Alan be my buddy, you know, like this happened you know, beginning of September, I see Alan at the end of September, beginning of October, we're out, a bunch of us are out having a, a camp dinner in the city. And we're all sort of, I happen to sit next to him at the at the table and, you know, we're all having a drink and, you know, dinner and whatever. And he's like, dude, I, I have to tell you something, right? And his big sort of New York accent, dude, I, I want to tell you something, right? And, uh, and whispering as best he can. And he, he says to me, he's like, you're not going to believe who had the hots for you this past summer. And I'm like, dude, I have no idea. Uh, and he's like, LT. So that was Lauren Pettit. <laughs> and I was like, no way. I'm like, so that was like, so that sort of, again, is another sort of big moment. Because that sort of then plants the seed for me where I'm like, as Lauren mentioned this, I love you to it, right? So, so I get this idea in my head that, you know what? You know, we're meant to be. Like, this is going to happen, right? So um, I decided I'm going to go over to, to Scotland to, with the with the guise of traveling, where right? I'm gonna go travel and see people I met, and you know, yeah. camp and you know, Scotland, England, whatever. Uh, but ultimately, I was going to see Lauren to basically say, you know what, let's let's do this. Let's, this is crazy. It's madness, but let's just do it, right? Uh, I didn't have my passport at this point, so I had to get my passport. Like this took a lot of effort on my part, you know. So, um, but I was committed to doing it, you know. So I fly over to. Um, to do this sort of tour, which I deemed I love you tour, but Lauren thinks I'm just traveling, right? And Glasgow happens to be my first sort of um, point of entry, right? And, and uh, Lauren, you know, was studying in Glasgow, whatever, right? And I fly in on December 26th, and in America, December 26th is the day after Christmas. It's not. It's pretty yep. anticlimactic. No holiday you know? there. Yeah. No holiday there, right? Yeah. Not, not Scotland. That's Boxing Day, right? So unbeknownst to me, Boxing Day is like this big celebration, like a, you know, it's like another Christmas day, right? Where family and friends all get together and loved ones and it's another celebration, which is an amazing tradition, which I love. Didn't know that at the time. So I fly into to, to Glasgow and actually it's, it's, it's Lauren's sister that picks me up at the airport and with her boyfriend and they bring me to um, Lauren's parents' house because this is where Boxing Days happen, right? And, uh, and so I'm chatting with, you know, Kirsten and uh, her boyfriend at the time. And you know, they're kind of like, who are you? Like, what are you doing <laughs> to, to do what? And I'm like, ah, I'm just traveling, but I'm going to, you know, see your sister and blah, blah, blah. Right. So we get to, uh, to the, you know, the, um, the McPhee's house and it's Boxing Day. And I'm like, all these people are there, like uncles, aunts, cousins, whatever. I'm like, man, I'm in. Like, she wants me to meet the family. I'm like, yeah. I'm in. Like, this is me. <laughs> You know, and all of a sudden I'm there for a half an hour and all of a sudden Lauren's boyfriend walks in. I'm like, wait, wait, but that's not part of the plan. I'm like, whoa, what, 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 is a boyfriend here? I mean, this is like, it's like cut right? the scene, so, movie, boom. Right. It's like, I'm like, there's, the, there's my nemesis, right? So, uh, who happens to be a really nice guy as well. So I was like, man, this is not going the way I had planned it, except I got to meet the family. So anyway, so that sort of day goes on. We, we spend, uh, you know, I spent Boxing Day, and we, I wasn't like we were together. I spent Boxing Day with Lauren and her boyfriend at her parents' house, right? And because then, this, uh, is, this is a year on. So just for the timeline, yeah. right, is that a, a lot of time has passed. I'm not a serial dater, just so that everybody that obviously, like we met in 2001, Alan tells Joel the end of September 2001, and that kind of, because he, ends his relationship, you know, um, and, and kind of move, is back at camp the following year. I'm not there. And then he like reaches out and comes over. So this is like Christmas 2002, moving into new year of 2003. Right. And like Joel says, like, I know nothing about, I think he's genuinely traveling. Um, 
And, you know, the reason that I felt comfortable with it is because I found out from the guy that was in the university library that Joel didn't have a girlfriend at this point. And um, I was like, okay, well, he can come travel and, you know, come stay with me. But, you know, by the way, I have a boyfriend. Um, But it was funny because I showed Joel all around my city. Like we had a really nice few days and, um, you know, at the end, you know, we went out for dinner um, one night and he was leaving to go to Manchester the next day. And he said to me, you know, I have something to tell you. And I was like, okay. And he said, like, I'm, I'm really not traveling. Like I'm here because I feel like there's been a chemistry between us, you know, ever since, you know, summer 2001. And I was wondering if you wanted to like, see if, there was anything there and, you know, give it a go together. And I was kind of like jaw, like dropped like halfway through whatever it was I was eating. And I was just like, well, you live in the States and I live in Glasgow, Scotland. Uh, You're like 29. I'm like 21. (laughs) That's a big difference, you know? And, um, and, Joe was like, no, but it'll be great. And I can come over and, you know, Dave and Shelly will, you know, will allow me to hire staff over here from here. Like he had all planned out. And I just was too young. Like, you know, even though that that chemistry was still there, I just had a really strong feeling that it wasn't the time. Um, So I said, no, it's not the time. And we parted ways that next day. And then Joel called me like very often. I'd like to say every day, but it wasn't every day. No, I, so, so, so basically, right. So Lauren was like, it's not going to happen. I have a boyfriend. So the next day I, I did have to go on traveling, right? So then it did turn into this traveling thing. This road right? trip, you know. So means, then, yeah. But then I get back to the States and I, uh, I make a point to, to reach out to Lauren about once a week, certainly a phone call, emails, whatever. And I keep sort of saying to her, this is, this is meant to be like, come to camp, we'll have an opportunity, we'll figure it out, you know, and, uh, and Lauren, um, I sort of, I, I, I was persistent, right? And, um, you know, all the way through until April, I think it was uh, April, sometime in April was the sort of the last sort of conversation where I said, look, um, you know, I'd love for you to come to camp. I think this, there's an opportunity here for us. And, you know, but this is my last phone call. Like, I, I if you tell me that, uh, you know, because Lauren got accepted onto this sort of, uh, you know, amazing, prestigious course to study as well. So, you know, she's like, look, I'm on this course. I'm, I'm going to see it through. It's a big commitment. And uh, my summers aren't available. And I was like, are you sure this is like an opportunity? You get to come to camp. <laughs> this is my last. <laughs> I mean, come on. So, um you know, I said, like, this is my last call and, uh, you know, if I'll respect what your decision is, but, um, you know, I won't, I won't pester you anymore. It's essentially what I said. You said, uh, with- I, I know exactly where I was standing. And, um, and you said, this is the last time I'm ever going to call you. And um, I said, my answer still no. And you said, we'll have a really good life. And yeah. that was that. And that was that. And then there was radio oh. silence for... Um, few few years, right? Four, four and a half years. Right. Yeah. Because and that's once again is like here we are in the story, the the storyline. It's like hurdle after hurdle. You know. Luckily, I think everyone can can guess from this there is a happy ending. You know, there is you know the the the, the sort of the moon and the stars gets aligned again, but. Uh, who started that? Like who, who then reached back? Joel, did you reach back out? Did Lauren, like who was the most persistent and did that yeah. grit and perseverance pay off? Obviously the answer, yes, but like. So, so, so what's interesting about, you know, Lauren and myself is, you know, we're both stubborn or, or strong willed, I guess, however you want to sort of, you know, you know, position that. And when I said I wasn't going to call again, as much as it broke my heart, I wasn't going to call again. Like I had, you know, made every effort. And honestly, I, you know, when I hung that phone up, I didn't think I would, you know, Lauren, it was, was clear that she had, you know, what her course or her path was going to be. And, you know, my path was here and at camp. So, um, you know, I had 
felt like I had put every effort I could forward, right? Besides groveling, which I think I might have done that too. Um, <laughs> so I, I, that was it for me. Like I didn't know what else. I, you know, I, I, I had given it my best effort, if you will. I left it all on the, on the court, all on the field. There wasn't any. There's no shame in terms of my effort, right? Like I had done everything I could. So, so life obviously goes on like those four and a half years. Um, and although that Joel and my story is, you know an awesome epic story like there is heartache in it too mm-hmm. um and because we both did go on to have really serious relationships with with people that really loved us you know too and maybe loved mm-hmm. us a little more than we loved them and you know one of the things that Joel and I have to take responsibility for is that you know we should never have been in those long-term relationships for as long as we were because it never felt quite right for both of us. I think the good thing is that we have that shared experience. So we understood each other when we did eventually, you know, get together um, that we understood how you could get yourself into that position because we had both done it independently. Right. But obviously that is sad that, you know, we, you know, in some ways wasted you know, those people's, you know, four years of their life. Um, Mm. So, so basically, it was me, you know, I had ended, you know, a really long term relationship, it was really, really upsetting and sad, you know, upset my family It upset, you know, his family. Um, But I knew it wasn't Right. And I think that's the thing when you go through like two doctorates in psychology, there's a lot of introspection. And I think I had found myself at like 25 realizing the quagmire that I had created and knowing that there was only one person that could write that. And that was myself. And I had the courage to do that. Uh, And I'm glad I did. But it doesn't mean you don't have regret. Right. So Mm -hmm. I had developed a lot, you know, um, because of my training and that kind of thing. And I knew that throughout those four and a half years, we there's a saying in in Scotland that you you carry a torch for someone. So like you can imagine like the torches that we have like at Olympics. It's like Olympics, yeah. Your heart carries a torch for someone, and I carried a torch for Joel. It's almost like he was my beacon that I just kept coming back to, and I would think about him over the years. So I was working at a hospital in Glasgow as a clinician and I went into work and I said to my girlfriends that I worked with, you know, I want to tell you the story about this guy that just keeps playing on my heart. So of course I tell them and being true like Scottish girls, they were like, what? You know, we have to look this guy up, you know, in their Scottish accent. And um, and I was like, well, actually, maybe I'll look up the camp website because he's probably married with like four kids or whatever by now. And I look up the website and sure enough, Joel's still there. He's one of the assistant directors, but there's no picture of a another half. There's no kids like it's just him. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to email him. So I send at that time the the camp email address because I couldn't find his email address. It wasn't on the website. So I don't know who designed their website, but they did a bad job. Much so, better website uh, now. It's <laughs> a better website now. So the generic um, email was camp IHC is fun. Or, no, Indian head is, IHC is fun. Camp yeah, is yeah, fun yeah, or something. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. And um, so I email it and I'm like, hi, Joel. I don't know if you remember me. Um, but you used to call me LT. I was tennis back in 2001. You came to visit me. Like I knew fine well he knew who I was, but you know, I was trying to be cool. (laughs) So I send it. I say, anyway, just been thinking about you. Would love to be in touch and hear what you're up to. Um, You know, whatever, like LT. So uh, of course there's the five hour time difference. So I send it, not thinking that I'm going to hear from him anytime soon. And literally, like, about three hours later, like, you know, I'm having lunch. So Joel, at that point, is getting to the office. And um, Jody, a girl who worked at camp back then, came through and said to Joel, there's an email. No, she 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 picked up the email to the generic email Correct. address and forwarded it to him. Correct. And Joel came through to Jody and was like, wait, is this old? Like, what is this? And she was like, no, it just came in this morning. So I've just forwarded it to you. Maybe she wants a reference. So Joel, I get this like bing in my email and it's Joel and it goes, 
Ah, LT, there you are. I was wondering when you were going to get in touch. <laughs> and the rest is history. We were, married, we were married a year later. We had Oakley within a year. We then have obviously gone on, you know, obviously most people know we, we had, uh, we lost a child, you know, yeah. after yeah. Oakley and that was obviously devastating for us, but brought us closer together as a couple. And we grew from that and then went on to have Mac and Xander and Austin. And we just created this really beautiful life. And, you know, what we've also accomplished in, in building camp, you know, with our vision and, and what we want it to be um, has been a labor of love in itself. And, you know, we've achieved all of this in like 12 years. But I will say that the universe is happy. And that's what's so funny. The universe wanted us to be together. And even though we've had our challenges, when you marry the right person and you both are completely committed to surrendering to that relationship and being the best version of yourself for each other. It, life is just truly magical. Um, and the universe is happy. So, you know, it, it, it feels right. Absolutely. And I think the salient points that you, you, you're saying here, and, and Joel absolutely have, have an opportunity here to respond, but it, it is that better version of yourselves. And I have to say, you know, Lauren, I was on trips, you know, your year, I was off camp on camp. So we hardly crossed, crossed paths. But then I, I've been with Joel ever since. And I've never seen Joel happier. Like when I look at the span of, of two decades that I've known Joel, it was the moment that you sent that email. We were in New York, Joel. I can remember sitting at a bar and you said, this girl LT, do you remember LT back, you know, from whatever? I'm like, what? From like 2001? I'm like, maybe like blonde, like jumping in the pool and stuff like that. And like, you're like, yeah, 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 yeah that's her. I'm like, you're like, I'm going to go see her. I'm like, what? I'm like, awesome, dude. Like, you know, because like it genuinely that from 2001 to now, there was still, you said at the torch, and you relit that light in Joel. Um, and I, I, from a friend standpoint, you know, um, knowing that and seeing that your relationship, uh, you know, in any relationship, just you continue to grow and grow closer and grow stronger. That's a relationship. And that's the friendships and the bonds and things that we want, you know, to, to start in all forms at Camp IHC. But for you guys, it's such a special and cool story um that that i just love you know seeing both of you continue to grow as a couple as well you know for sure but uh but joel thoughts on you know uh, you know i know lauren had her chance so any thoughts on you know on i mean you know uh you know those of us who know lauren and myself <laughs> lauren is definitely much more eloquent and and said it so uh you know beautifully and i think you know, the, the, you know uh, this idea of like, you know, it's like the principles of favorability, right? The world conspires together to give you an opportunity, right? The world was the, the world was like fighting to get us together, and and I think when we were ready, and I think to Lauren's point, in two thousand one we weren't ready, in two thousand two we weren't ready, and you know even the years in between when we didn't have contact, we had to go through a lot to sort of learn and and grow and and have some you know, sad times to get to better times. And, um, mm -hmm. and I truly believe that it all, um, it all prepared us for this sort of relationship in these moments. And, uh, you know, I, I have so much to be thankful for because of camp and the relationships, but most importantly, it, you know, it brought my relationship with Lauren and that's the, the most important relationship in my life or none. And, um, and I have camp to thank for that. Um, and I think that's when we talk about this sort of weekend and, and relationships abound and stuff like that. Like it is so true. Like, you, you know, the depth of relationships in your life kind of, as I've gotten older and I reflect really measure, um, how, how, um, full it is. And, uh, Lauren being the most important one in, in this story being a special one to us, but a, a cool one that we get to share because, yeah you know, a, a small town boy from upstate New York and a small town girl from, you know, the West coast of Scotland, like to find their way to a summer camp together and then build their lives around one another, I think is, um, is pretty, pretty special. It's, it's, it's extraordinary, you know, is what it is. And we love, you know, and you know, Mark, like we share some of our story with our staff every year because we want them to, 
see that 19 year old girl, you know, and, and that, you know, 27 year old boy or, you know, and Joel was 19 when he started camp. But I also want to say that, you know, look, I speak for Joel and I, but I think you and Susie, you know, would also relate to this is that, you know, the, the quality of our relationships is born from like living and speaking the truth, right? That we're living our most genuine versions of ourselves, And that's been the, the secret sauce, I guess, of Joel and my relationship over the years is no matter what we've been faced with, there's been truth and, and authenticity. And that sometimes is great and sometimes is hard. But it yeah. also makes me think about how we have built camp. And when I say we, Mark, you are very much a part of that, is that we made that decision all those years ago when we took the reins from Dave and Shelley, that we were going to run IHC in a really genuine and authentic way. And that that would mean speaking truths in a way that sometimes were difficult for people, um, but more times were helped people grow and reach for the kind of person that they ultimately wanted to be. Um, and there is something to be said for back in the olden days in, you know, the nineties and the early two thousands that we showed up as our true authentic selves. Um, and that led us in a path that none of us could ever imagine, but it has enriched our lives in so many ways. So if anyone is listening, you know, that's a, a staff member that's coming to camp for the first time or considering being at camp for the first time, I would just say, be yourself because who you are is the best version of yourself. You were, you were made the way you are for a reason. And what is true in your heart is how you should live um, because being authentic sets you free. Um, and we are so excited, you know, for you to be part of our community because we love to live the truth. Um, and we think that that makes for the best summer camp experience. I also, the only sort of, I, I would add that, um, thank goodness for all of us that uh, Facebook and Instagram and all these sort of por uh, portals and platforms did not exist when we were growing up and with the challenges that come with, you know, pictures in real time, we had to, you know, you shake it like a Polaroid, right? Polaroid, you take a picture and people lose it. Maybe it's somewhere, but yeah. you know, you don't have to, you know, we were protected by that sort of experience. So yeah. Ron's right. Like, you know, make sure what you post and who, you, you know, it's who you are and is a reflection of what you want the world to truly see and it's accurate because as Lauren said, we had to have game, which meant, man, what you see is what you get. Like we showed <laughs> up and that's who we did. It doesn't get any better, but it doesn't get any worse. <laughs> Correct. I mean, I, and I think that's where a lot of these relationships, regardless of where they are, you can't hide who you are at camp. Um, you have to show up. You you are honest and, and forthright and you're successful and we'll coach you up and we'll coach you in and we'll do all these things. And I think that's why we're such a successful camp is because we're honest and authentic. You, this is what you get. Um, and, and circling back to the relationship side of things, um, you know, Joel, you and I both know how lucky we are because my wife is from Australia, your wife's from Scotland. I, we never would have met our partners, our life partners, um, had it not been for Camp IHC. Um, but uh, as we're running close on time, you know, um, and uh, everything you've said has been so amazing. I always put the couples on a spot um, at the end of these podcasts to say something um, short, sweet, a word, a short phrase to describe one of the positive or joyful traits about the other. So, uh, Joel, if you want to go first, so that way the more eloquent person can go second or <laughs> but. <laughs> Uh, I, I'm, I can, I, I'm happy to go first. I can, I can speak about Lauren effortlessly and, uh, you know, for a long time, but I, what I would say is, you know, I love, um, you know, Lauren's passion for the people that she cares about. And, um, you know, any, you know, if you're in Lauren's circle, you know, and, um, she's someone that, uh, you know, she cares about, you get everything from her. Um, and there's nothing that she wouldn't do for anyone in that circle. And I just love that. So I see that come out um, with our kids. You know, she loves our kids um, in a way that, uh, 
makes me sort of a better person, but I watch her and she's unconditional with that and in the way in which she loves me and, and I'm lucky to sort of have that experience. So uh, that's one of the many things I could talk about. My life. I love her passion. Aww. And, you know, for Joel, so many things too, but, um, you know, Joel makes me feel like, you know, I am the most beautiful, smartest, funniest, um, courageous um, woman in the world. And I, you know, he, he just is extremely loyal. Um, and, you know, just has, has devoted his life to, to me and our kids. And I think that is relatively unique, you know, for, for lots of males. Um, and I'll be forever grateful, you know, that he, he just, you know, makes me feel like the center of his universe. And that's, and I don't mean that in a really like corny, like creepy way. I just mean that, you know, that, that, that is just truly spectacular. Like from how he supports me, you know, he always has my back. He loves my sister. He loves my parents. Like mm -hmm. he, you know, he cares about who is important in my life, like no matter what. And, um, you know, and he likes my craziness. Like when I do really silly things, which you all know I do, he chooses to laugh as opposed to get mad. And, you know, he just always has my back. Amazing. Amazing. Well, I mean, we could talk for hours and you know that, and we love spending so much time together, but we'll leave some more mystery out there. Um, for those of you who did join us or want to find out more, hey, Joel and Lauren will be at Camp IHC this summer. Um, we're only an email or an Insta tag away, um, but thank you so much, Joel and Lauren, for spending uh, this evening, this uh, you know week of love, as people put it out there in, in so many different ways um, tonight. Thank you so much, Mark. Uh, thank you for the opportunity. Thank you for listening. Um, Lauren, I love you. Mark, I love you. And uh, I <laughs> hope to see everyone at camp. And just in All case right. anyone's wondering, Joel and I absolutely argue and they're doozies. Uh, people like Mark and Susie and all of our team help us put it all back together. So all nothing, that, yeah. nothing in life is perfect, but, but exactly. there's, there's commitment to the cause. Exactly. And it's how we deal with those imperfect moments that make us the wonderful team and the family that we are. Exactly. So, exactly. Absolutely.